This is the gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord. I'm going to paraphrase a little bit before I get to a direct quotation. A rich man went away grieving after Jesus invited him to sell his possessions, give the money to the poor, and then come and follow Jesus. Really, I'm telling you, Jesus said, it will be hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. Which led Peter to ask, we left everything and followed you, what will we get in return? So Jesus told a parable, saying the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who hired laborers for his vineyard. Went out first early in the morning, and then again at nine, and then noon, and then five o'clock. And then at the end of the day, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those hired at about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now, when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, these last worked only an hour, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to them, saying, friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last the same as I gave to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. And I think the message of this parable is that love is not a competition, and competition is not love. See, Peter tried to turn it into a competition. He seemed to have this need superior to that rich person who walked away grieving, who couldn't find a way to sell it all, give the money to the poor, follow Jesus. It seemed like Peter was suddenly gripped with this anxiety that he wouldn't have enough that they had given up everything for nothing. But then Jesus tells this parable that says that love is not a competition and competing is not love and that God will give to each 
the same, which may not be what we think is fair, but it is what is generous. It is the work of love, God to provide equally for all of us. Now, when I was a kid, we would watch the 700 Club pretty much every night. The 700 Club was promoted itself as a Christian program. There was faith healing as a part of the program and prayer, often singing and praise music. And then there was always guests or a, or a lesson in the middle, and so often that lesson was about how welfare is immoral, was about how taxes are immoral, and how the right way for this country is not to provide for those who struggle to provide for themselves, for their families. And so in this way, I was, I was taught as a, as a principle of faith to ignore the people who were left out or left behind in the economy. I mean, when I got a little older, when I was in school, and when school obviously meant something, because now we were competing, all of us, not just for the top spot in the class or something like that, but for good jobs. We were competing one against the other for the, the chance to have the kind of livelihood that could provide what we needed. And I was taught then, again, to don't worry about them. Don't worry about the people who are struggling in school. Don't worry about them. Just focus on you. Just run your race. But I guess I did pay too much attention. And notice that it seemed to be the ones who were winning at school were the ones who came from families that were already winning in the economy. And I could tell very plainly that there were other kids who were working a lot harder than I was who were not getting the same high grades that I was. Love is not a competition. And competing is not love. I mean, one of my best friends just totally gave up around school. It had everything to do with the trauma that he experienced in his family and the lack of care and support he had there. The lack of love led to failure in school, led to a cycle of need and poverty and being left behind. I didn't say this part word for word, but when the, when the landowner came at the end of the day at 5 o'clock and came to the marketplace and hired the last group of people, he said, why are you out here not working, waiting for a job? And they said, 
no one's hired us. I mean, these days, you know, 30, 40 years later from those days watching the 700 Club, they've won. That message about what our country and our economy should be like is exactly the message that I was hearing on the 700 Club. That those people who are falling behind, there's something wrong with them. They're the immoral ones. Don't pay attention to their suffering. But here we have this parable, which doesn't stand on its own, but is part of the whole greater message that Jesus says. I mean, what if this, Jesus didn't mean to spiritualize this message and just turn it into an individualistic thing that's really all about your faith that has nothing to do with the nation we live in or the economy we are all captive to. And Jesus is, one of Jesus' most pointed criticisms of the Pharisees and the other religious leaders was that they devour widows' houses and for the sake of appearances pray long prayers. It's not just enough to pray long to hit all of the points image of a pious and devoted person of faith. If we are not also creating opportunities and an economy where everyone has what they need, where the basic needs of food and shelter, of, of pleasure and social connection, where those are luxuries that only the rich can afford. Sell your possessions, Jesus told the rich man, and give it to the poor. Then come and follow me. I mean, it's in reading the Bible that I came to a different understanding of what Jesus was up to than what I learned when I was a kid from the 700 Club. It's really hard to ignore in this couple of chapters, 19 and 20 of Matthew, where Jesus is teaching about what it means in the day-to-day -day life to take up our cross, to carry our cross, and follow Jesus. There's an explicit message about money, about the direction Jesus wants this world to go economy that's not based on who gets to the marketplace first, who runs the race best to get the best jobs, but one that's generous and abundant and more than enough. This is what carrying the cross involves, moving in this direction not just in our individual lives, but working, praying, advocating that our nation goes in this direction too. And yeah, there is something for us to let go 
in that process. I know that I have benefited from the world as it is. And there is something to let go there. The very least, it's the need to be superior. The need, like Peter, to, to put the rich man down and put himself up. Or to poor, put down the, the poor, the people on welfare, whoever else. Put them down so I can feel superior. If everyone gets exactly the same, there's no basis for those superiority games. In the kingdom of heaven, everyone is welcome, but you got to check those games at the door. And when it comes to this anxiety of will there be enough, the invitation throughout the gospel, Jesus invites, don't be afraid, trust in me, trust in God which is a lot different than trusting in the so-called free market. The God of Scripture, not the God of the 700 Club, that Jesus invites us to follow. And it is living a life that shows that love is not a competition not in the economy and not with one's enemies. Love is not a competition. And competing is not love. It's living that kind of a life that made Jesus indestructible, not even death could keep him in the grave. And so also for us. Thanks be to God.